Chapter 2 of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Why Teach Financial Literacy. So in this chapter, um, Robert and Mike move ahead about three and a half decades to their later years. Mike has taken over his father's company and doing better than his rich dad did. As for Robert, he retired in 1994 at the age of 47, and him and his wife had wealth um, that grew automatically. Um, and they like to say in this book, like a well-established and well-watered tree um, that gives them shade. Um, they, they get to relax under um, as it makes the money from the work they put in previously. And I like that analogy. That is something that sounds appealing for the future. Um, Robert in this book shares a story of a 1923 meeting of some of the greatest leaders and richest businessmen, um, men who owned the largest steel and gas companies, who ran the New York Stock Exchange, who sat on President Harding's cabinet. Um, and 25 years later, after that meeting, most of their lives ended tragically with men either broke, exiled, or in prison. Um, and it just went to show that the money is not the key here. The key is happiness and learning how to use money um, the right way um, to help you to grow and succeed as time goes on. But the point is not the money. The point is understanding how money works and becoming financially literate. And then in 1929, um, the stock crash and the Great Depression likely played a part, it talks about, in the lives of these men who died tragically, um, that were broke or exiled or in prison, um, and having to go through that turmoil and change that they did. So, and then it explains as well, more important than the money to our survival is our education and our ability to learn, which I think is key in this book and talks about it. Um, Robert says, if you want to be rich, you need to be financially literate. Uh, Robert compares the way many people act to building a, to building a skyscraper on a slab made for a small home. They launch into their adult lives chasing the American dream, but find themselves deep into debt. And the only way out is the get rich quick strategy. And again, instead of creating the Empire State Building, they end up with the Leaning Tower of Suburbia because of the foundation that is built, or the lack thereof, the foundation that is built um, for those who try to go with the get, get rich quick strategy um, and end up sitting, sitting in a piece of a rubble after their skyscraper comes crashing down years later. So... Robert talks about that accounting is one of the more important subjects that Rich Dad taught him. Um, it's boring. It's confusing. However, it's absolutely crucial to financial success. And it's not as hard as people make it out to be. And that's the thing that Rich Dad did a good job of is simplifying complicated things. And Rich Dad showed them the importance of an asset and a liability and teaching them to only buy assets. And he said, that's all you need to know. It's so simple. It's something that many people don't understand. And the problem is that most people have been educated differently by bankers, financial planners, and others, so they must unlearn what they think they know. And a lot of people find this demeaning to return to such a basic introduction of financials. So that is an important part of this chapter. Um, 
talking about the introduction of an asset and a liability and how it's just, it really is so simple. And, you know, I didn't fully understand it until reading this book and understanding the simplicity of it. And I also get how, you know, a lot of people might not understand it even at an older age. And the problem is you go to teach them about just the difference between doing this, buying an asset and the difference between buying a liability. And it seems so simple and it is so simple that these people get upset because it's kind of demeaning with how simple it truly is um, compared to what they've learned their whole lives from people who have taught them the wrong things. After that, it goes on to talk about in this chapter, um, it breaks down the assets and liabilities into a simple format. So I'll give you a brief overview. So you have an income statement, I'm sorry, an income statement. um, And those are often called profit loss statements. So it measures income and expenses, money in and money out. Um, The lower part of this diagram shows a balance sheet and it's called a balance sheet because it's supposed to balance assets against liabilities. Um, assets add to your income and they put money in your pocket. Liabilities take money out of your pocket. And he talks about if you want to gain and maintain wealth, you must build the understanding of assets and liabilities. And he goes on to use these income statements, which again is your income against your expenses and then balance sheets, which is your assets against your liabilities to show um, the cash flow patterns of the different social classes. So he starts off with um, the lowest social class, which is someone who has a job who then pays, uses, uses their salary from their job to pay for expenses um, in their income statement, which is their taxes, their rent, food, transportation, and clothes. Um, then he goes to the middle class, which is starts off with a job and they use their salary to pay for their liabilities, um, which is their mortgage, their car loans, their credit card debt, and their school loans, to then use the money left over to pay for the rest of their expenses, which is their taxes, mortgage payment, car payment, credit card payment, school loan payment. Um, and then he goes to a wealthy person um, and they use their income that they have Um, to then put money into assets like real estate, stocks, bonds, notes, intellectual property, um, to then use the money left over to pay for whatever liabilities or expenses they have and and adjusting their liabilities and expenses to the money they have left over um, because they're always going to pay themselves first by putting money into their assets because their assets will build up over time and those over time will make them rental income Money th- will make the money through rental income, through dividends, through interest, through royalties. And that is where you see someone who is making good money over time um, as they have a passive income that's making money for them without them working. Uh, often those in debt think the answer is to make more money, but, only, but not only will more money not always solve their problems, it may compound them. Um, and Robert talks about how somebody who hits the lottery or receives an inheritance will burn through money so quickly um, because it's not the money that's going to fix the problem. Uh, The financial literacy is the only thing that can fix that problem and learning how to use money the right way. Um, He talks about how people work very hard for their money and there are people who are very intelligent and will are, are 
very good at what they do. However, they're still illiterate when it comes to finances, and they learned how to work hard for money, but not how to make their money work hard for them. Um, next, he talks about so many people don't take time to question whether something makes sense and simply follows the crowd. You hear people saying, Diver diversify your money. You get a tax break for going into greater debt. Get a safe job. Don't make mistakes. Don't take risk. And a lot of people just listen um, to those things instead of questioning, okay, why I do that? And I've realized um, through my life and towards these more recent years, asking the question why um, will save me a lot of time and answer a lot of questions for me. Robert has a hard under a hard time understanding um, how many people believe that their home is their biggest asset. Robert teaches that a home is a liability because it takes money out of your pocket, not only with taxes and expenses, but because it's loss in value and the opportunities missed when all your money is tied up in your house. Um, he then goes on to talk about when there are enough assets to generate more than enough income to cover expenses, the balance is reinvested into assets which grows the asset column on a balance sheet, which produces more income. The result is that the rich who understand the difference between assets and liabilities get richer. The middle class gets stuck in the rat race because they treat their home as an asset instead of investing in income-producing assets. They are also stuck because their salary is their primary source of income, and thus when their income increases, so do their taxes. And he makes, again, it's just an interesting point with the rat race is your income increasing for those who are employed by a corporation or a government doesn't necessarily help you. And people get the illusion that my income is increased. Therefore I can buy more liabilities and expenses. However, that's not the case because when your income increases, your taxes increase. Therefore you really don't have much more money to spend. Um, and that is something that caught my eye in this chapter. To end this chapter, Robert talks about wealth as the measure of the cash flow from the asset column compared with the expense column. When your assets generate enough income to cover your expenses, you are wealthy, even if you are not rich yet. And that is uh, the end of chapter two.